Hello, ladies and gents. This is Doc Bryant, your host. And hope you're having a good day today. Got uh, a couple of stories here that seem unrelated, but are actually not. Philosophically speaking, they're not unrelated. The first one is from, let's see, who is this? Bounding into Comics. Uh, written by John F. Trent on February 15th, 23. James Mangold admits he's maligning Indiana Jones' character. Says audiences will, quote, have to readjust and retool their brains for this guy. Okay. This comes as absolutely no surprise whatsoever. The fact that they're maligning Indiana Jones, the fact that, uh, I mean, that, that's, that's what Disney does. That's what modern Hollywood does. Modern Hollywood takes beloved characters, beloved stories, and then twists them 180 degrees out of phase from what they were originally intended to be. And I have said before on previous episodes how this is nothing more than uh, spiritual influence on these people as Satan likes to take things that God created and twist them 180 degrees out of phase from what they were intended to be, so these people, who are the children of Satan, do the exact same thing. Anything that was originally intended to exemplify virtues are now twisted so that they, the virtues that were previously exemplified are considered vices. And what are vices are considered to be virtues. Uh, also, as it says in the Bible, woe to those who put good for evil and evil for good. That's what they're doing now. That's, that is the time that we are living in. Anyway, this whole thing should come as no surprise to, uh, to us. I'm going to read from this uh, piece, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, which is a stupid name, by the way. That is a dumb name. Uh, it's, it's just terrible. Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, director James Mangold, admitted that many what... I'm sorry, what many feared that he, Disney, and Lucasfilm would do to Indiana Jones. They are maligning his character in a similar fashion to how Ryan Johnson did to Luke Skywalker. Not really crazy about the grammar there, but we'll go with that. Speaking with The Hollywood Reporter, Mangold stated, quote, We can't hide from where we are in our lives. None of us can, and neither can Indiana Jones. He elaborated, quote, I wanted to follow Harrison's own lead and simply deal with it straight on. It's not just a movie about a hero in his twilight years who is called back into action. It's more than just that his bones might ache. It's that his soul might ache, or that some of his optimism or sense fitting into the world might have evaporated, he detailed. Mangold then justified his decision to malign the character, saying, The mistake you can make in movies, and we've all seen movies like this, is where someone is of a ripe age, but the entire movie is continuing this charade along with them that they're not that old. Okay, stop right there. That's not what this is about. That's not what this is. This is the... Speaking of facades, this is the facade that he is using to justify 
the destruction of this character. And it has nothing to do with age. It has to do, again, with virtue and vice. Indiana Jones represented rugged individualism. He represented self-sacrifice. He represented courage. He represented endurance. All of these things. He represented manliness. And all of these things are considered by the woke cult to be a vice. And once again, I want to tell you, as I have stated multiple times in previous episodes, wokeness is nothing more than the current name for what was referred to in the Bible in Ephesians as this present darkness and in Revelation as the whore of Babylon. Okay, that's what wokeness is. Um, they have to continually, it's always the same. Wokeness is always the same. They just change the name. They change the name, and the name has had many iterations. Communism, socialism, democratic socialism, Nazism, uh, liberalism, progressivism, all kinds of isms, and now it is wokeism. They change the names because eventually what happens is people realize how corrupt it is, how absolutely 100% evil it is at its core. And they have to rebrand and pretend that they are something other than they are. We're going to get into that in just a minute. This ridiculous explanation, just because uh, this is a ridiculous explanation, just because someone ages does not mean they would lose their sense of optimism or have their soul ache. Certainly, someone like Indiana Jones would not act this way, especially after having seen the example of his father in the complete opposite way, or act in the complete opposite way. Mangold would further reveal he's moving away from the tried-and-true action-adventure formula. And this is a nut-stop right here. Why are you moving away from something that works? Why are you moving away from something that makes money? Well, there's only one reason, folks. And that reason is you're pushing an agenda. You're pushing a message. You are a propagandist. You are not interested in making money. You are not interested in entertaining people. Rather, you are interested in lecturing people. You are interested in changing people's minds. You're interested in trying to convince people that your set of vices are superior to their sets of virtues, that you're, you're, what you're trying to do is you're marketing evil. That's what this is. This is the marketing of evil. As I recall, actually, there was a book of that title uh, maybe a decade or so ago. Uh, the Marketing of Evil, I think was its name. Uh, I'll have to look that up. But anyway, that's what they're doing here. They're marketing evil. Mangold would further reveal he's moving away from the tried-and-true action-adventure formula at, that led to the success of the original Indiana Jones. Because after all, why would you want to follow up success with success? He said, quote, The first three Indiana Jones movies took place in roughly the same time period. It doesn't have anything to do with time. This is another, watch this. They all easily fit with the serialized, okay, serialized. That right there, he is using the word serialized as an epithet, okay? Oh, this is trite. It's serialized. It's old. Theatrical, almost screwball action style of movie. See, he's maligning the movies. He's maligning what brought them success, that were being released in the period they're set in. Again, have problems with the grammar, but okay. Mangold then posited the challenge for director Steven Spielberg on Crystal Skull, which was complete 
garbage. It should have been called Indiana Jones and the Search for More Money. They should have stopped at the Last Crusade, just saying. Anyway, the challenge for director Steven Spielberg on Crystal Skull and for me on this one is how do you move forward into new decades where the world is no longer seen in such clear demarcations of black and white? And here we have it, folks. Here it comes. And good and evil. How do you move forward into new decades where the world is no longer seen in such clear demarcations of black and white and good and evil? Woe to those who put good for evil and evil for good. I continue the quote, where the whole concept of raiding tombs and fighting over relics is looked at in a different way. This is another thing I want to point out here, because very frequently you're going to see that the left's argumentation when it comes to entertainment, when it comes to comic books, when it comes to movies, when it comes to TV shows, it's hard to call them TV shows anymore because they're really not TV shows, they're streaming series or whatever, but I'm going to call them TV shows because I'm old. Anyway, when it comes to all of these things, you will always, always, always hear from the apologists of wokeness that these are being made for a quote-unquote modern audience. It's, it's being made for the modern times. And in modern times, we view things in a different way. As if the... As if good and evil... Definitions of good and evil can change over time. What is considered good and evil can change over time. And in, in some instances, in some rare instances, in personal, from personal viewpoints, or maybe even from societal viewpoints or religious viewpoints, that may be the case. But there are such things as immutable, objective standards. There is such a thing as objective good and objective evil. There is such a thing as objective truth. And forever, from the beginning of time, from the time where Satan spoke to Eve in the garden. It has been the primary objective of Satan and of his children to frame things differently, to say, is it really evil? Is it really to make you question Satan's question to Eve? Did God really say this? Is this really evil? Is it really good or evil? Or is does does good and evil really exist at all? And that's where we get the whole uh, uh, subjective viewpoint of good and evil. What's, what's good for me might be, you know, evil for you, and what's evil for me might be good for you. And there are, in, there are circumstances where that's true, like uh, for an alcoholic. An alcoholic, it is bad to drink alcohol. When an alcoholic drinks, it is evil. For people who are not alcoholics, drinking alcohol is no big deal. It's, it's nothing. And I know that there are some uh, very 
uber-conservative, legalistic Christians out there who would say, no, no, drinking drinking alcohol is evil. Alcohol is evil, and, and it's in the Bible that it's evil and stuff. What was Christ's first miracle? That's all I got to say. And it wasn't grape juice. It was not grape juice. So just cut it right there. Cut it right there. At any rate, you see, I, I have... Um, I have qualms with people who pull too hard the other direction, too. As a matter of fact, I, I'm more likely to jump on uh, somebody who claims to be Christian and is lying about what the Bible says than I am somebody who acknowledges that they are not Christian and is lying about what the Bible says. Because the first person, the former, should know better. The former should know better. And and heading down that route, that way lies dragons. All right. Anyways, I digress, which I frequently do, ask my wife. So there, he's introducing right now the concept of moral relativism. There's no such thing as good and evil. It's all gray. It's just an area of gray. All right, back to the quote. It's not about changing the story. It's exactly about changing the story, folks. That's exactly what this is about. I had a buddy of mine who was uh, in the DIA, Defense Intelligence Agency, and he was in counterintelligence, which means he was a spy hunter. And he frequently got to interrogate spies. And spies are really good at lying. And so you've got to be really good at identifying indicators of deception. And he said that one of the prime indicators of deception is when the individual tells you that they're not going to lie to you. When they say, I'm not going to lie to you, or I'm going to be honest with you. Or when they, when they preface what they're about to say by saying that they're not going to lie, that's a prime indicator that they're about to lie to you. And you can actually see this too. Watch, uh, watch Cops. Watch the TV show Cops. Or Live PD if they still have that. And you, you'll see the exact same thing. I, am, I ain't going to lie to you. Or I'm, I'll be honest with you. And, and then they proceed to lie. And so Mangold here. What he's doing is he is saying it's not about changing the story, but it's exactly about changing the story. Okay, back to the quote. It's not about changing the story, but... <laughs> so we throw that but... So there you go. It's not about changing the story, but we're changing the story. It's not about changing the story, but allowing the character to experience how the world has changed around him. What he is trying to say is, see, we, as the audience who love Indiana Jones. We, through him in this movie, are supposed to realize that the world has changed around us. That's how this movie is supposed to work. He's telling us right here how this movie is supposed to work on us. Indiana Jones is this old, tired, worn-out trope. Just like us. Just like those of us who are his fans. And through this movie, James Mangold will lead us to the truth. That's what this is about, folks. This has nothing to do with entertainment. This is lies. This is deception. This is propaganda. And this is propaganda for Satan. And it it might work on some folks. I don't I don't know. 
but it might. Uh, hell, in in uh, in the Bible, it even says Jesus Himself even says that that the elite can be deceived, and we can. The elite can be deceived. Those of us who are saved, we're not immune. We can be deceived just the same way other people can be deceived. Satan has been deceiving us for 6,000 years. And he's very, very good at it. So yeah, the elite can be deceived. Mangold went on to push the idea that everything is gray now. There's that word. Everything is gray now, and somehow in the past, it was all black and white. That's not what he's saying. What Mangold is saying is that those of us who saw, what he's saying is the world was always gray. But it was our Western Judeo-Christian ethics that superimposed a viewpoint of black and white on the gray. That's what he's saying. Because what he wants to, to point, what he wants to, the point he wants to make is that everything is gray, that there's no such thing as right and wrong. There's no such thing as good and evil. It's all just how you look at it and where you are in time. Ah. <sighs> Anyway, Mangold went on to push the idea that everything is gray now and somehow in the past it was all black and white, which any historian worth his salt would point out is a complete and utter lie. He told The Hollywood Reporter, quote, And our perception, there it is, our perception of politics is more gray. Who's a villain? Who are we working with? Who are we fighting against? Proxy wars, all of that. It's not as simple as the era around World War II. No, folks. I th- See, what's going on? Currently, and, and I told you, the reason that I follow pop culture so much, because I don't watch movies anymore, I don't read comic books anymore except for the old classics, I don't watch TV that much anymore, except for, you know, old stuff. And, but the reason that I cover pop culture is because as pop culture goes, so goes politics. So goes the main culture. And what happens in pop culture typically tends to precede what goes on in politics, if only by a little bit sometimes. But what we are seeing here is apologetics, not just for evil, okay? But remember how I told you that, you know, wokeism right now was Nazism back in the 40s. It's the same thing. It's the same people pushing it, folks. Look at the World Economic Forum and look at who's in charge of it, Klaus Schwab. Klaus Schwab's dad was a Nazi. And he is speaking the same kind of garbage that the Nazis were speaking back before World War II. We are now in history rhyming with the 1937s. The only problem is we now have in our White House and in our Congress people who are sympathetic to the Nazis' goal of a one-world government. An unelected one-world government. And that's what this is part of. This is saying, well, you know, it's not as black and white and back in the World War II. No, 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 no. This is World War II, all right. This is just the same people or disciples of the same people or disciples of the same philosophy trying to reframe things, make things look more palatable for the modern audience and certainly trying to make things more powerful for all of us 
old tropes who still believe in good and evil. Quote, I continue the quote, What happens to a hero built for a black and white world when he finds himself in one that is gray? It's a problem that produces humor, produces contradictions, produces adjustments that this character's going to have to make. He's talking to us. We are the character that he is referring to. We are the ones that are going to have to make adjustments. We are the ones that are old and out of step, and so on and so forth. He's insulting us. He's not just maligning Indy. He's maligning us. He's maligning the people who are fans of Indiana Jones. And he's also, at the same time, he's trying to explain why we should go see this movie. Which, and this has been going on since 2016. Since 2016 and the all-female Ghostbusters debacle that was a total disaster financially. Nobody went to see it. It's not even included in the uh, current Ghostbusters uh, uh, box set. I think you can get it specially. You can special order it so that it's in the box set. But if you just get the box set, it ain't going to be in there. You get Ghostbusters 1, Ghostbusters 2, and Ghostbusters Afterlife. Anyway. They were the ones that created the concept of insulting the audience as a form of marketing. And it hasn't worked for five years. And now what they're doing is they're trying to do the same thing, but they're trying to do it a little bit smoother. Mangold is trying to be a little bit smoother about it by explaining it to us. We're stupid. And so, instead of just coming out and calling us stupid, which hasn't worked for five years, what he's doing is he's trying to explain it to us stupid people. I personally am not going to be going to see this. That does, that's not saying much, because I don't go see movies hardly at all anymore. I really can't remember the last time I went to a theater to see a movie, and it didn't have dick to do with the, with the, the scamdemic. But I don't remember, you know, I don't remember the last movie that I went to go see in a theater, which says something about the movie that we went to go see in the theater. I'm pretty sure it was a kid's movie. We went to take the boys to see something, but I don't, I don't really remember. Anyway, I'm definitely not going to see this in the theater. I'm not going to see it on a streaming because I dumped Disney Plus uh, quite a while ago. Uh, when it became very evident that they were trying to market uh, hypersexualized content to children, that they were trying to groom children to be victims of sexual assault. So I dumped Disney a while ago, so I'm not going to see it on Disney. And honestly, I am, I am not going to see it, even if it is streaming for free. If it eventually makes it to Amazon Prime or Netflix or whatever, streaming free, I'm not going to watch it. This is garbage. This is satanic. This is evil. They are marketing evil here. Well, let's get on to this next one that is similar. These are two completely separate and, and apparently disparate stories, but they're not. In, from, from, a, from a spiritual and philosophical point of view, these are very similar. This is in Gizmodo, written by Lauren Leffer, February 14th, 2023. The title is Google Hopes to Inoculate Internet Users Against Misinformation with Expanded, quote, pre-bunking, end quote, campaign. Right from the start, 
this is condescending. Right from the beginning, this is condescending. Just the title. Not, not, not from Miss Leverts, but that Google is using terms like uh, inoculating us. They're, they're going to teach us. They're going to train us. Okay, Google plans to expand a campaign against online misinformation to Germany this week and later India, as first reported by the Associated Press. The strategy known as pre-bunking or attitudinal inoculation. Aren't those just cute little words? How about re-education? Re-education sounds good. Okay. The strategy aims to train people on how to recognize false information and manipulated facts on the internet before they even encounter them. Now, this in and of itself, I don't have a problem with. As a matter of fact, I tried to do this myself. I started studying uh, deception completely accidentally. I, I just started noticing it in commercials on TV and on the radio. And I started recognizing certain patterns of deception in advertising. And that's when, and this was, I don't know, when I was in high school, probably. Uh, yeah, I was uh, late, uh, late high school, junior, senior in high school, I guess, some, somewhere around there anyway. Uh, and that's when I learned about um, logical fallacies. I said, no, I was, uh, I was a freshman or sophomore because that's when I started studying uh, logic. Uh, I, got, uh, I started reading uh, philosophy books, Aristotle, Socrates, Plato, and then I, I you know, started reading books on logic and that kind of thing. And, and that's where I started learning about uh, the logical fallacies. And, and I was able to match them up with these uh, patterns of deception in advertising that I had been noticing. And I don't have a problem with people learning about logical fallacies. As a matter of fact, I think that logic should be taught in high school. Philosophy should be taught in high school. Logic should be taught uh, very, fairly early on, I think, in high school. Maybe at sophomore level. Certainly no later than junior level uh, in high school. If I was designing a high school curriculum, I certainly would add it in there. Um, but at any rate, uh, so logical fallacies, I think, should be taught to people. I, should, I think people should learn logical fallacies so that they can tell when that uh, snake oil salesman is trying to sell them something. As, as Wesley says in The Princess Bride, life is pain, highness. Anyone who tells you different is selling something, and that is very true. Anyway, I continue. In short videos and photos shown across platforms like YouTube, TikTok, Twitter, and Facebook in standard advertising slots, there you go, Google would, will continue its push to make pre-bunking a go-to method for dispelling disinformation. Note, I note they're using disinformation and misinformation uh, interchangeably. Note, they do not use the term lie or deception. When the left uses the term misinformation or disinformation, they use them interchangeably. Whether or not they actually have different meanings, I honestly don't know. I haven't looked them up. But what they mean is information with which we disagree. When the left uses a term misinformation or disinformation, what they mean is information with which we disagree. They don't call it deception they call it misinformation or disinformation. As proof of this, Twitter, under the old regime, 
was blocking accounts of Harvard, Yale, and Princeton-educated medical doctors because they were sharing their professional opinions about COVID and the vaccine that did not match up with the left's narrative. And because it did not match up, and it, it was considered misinformation or disinformation. It wasn't deception. They didn't call it a lie. They called it misinformation or disinformation. I'm going to assume, and I haven't looked up these terms, but I'm going to assume that misinformation is unintentional and disinformation is intentional. That's, that's what I'm going to assume uh, at any rate. Do note that they do not use the term deception. Okay. A massive study published on August or in August 2022 demonstrated the potential value. That's interesting. It didn't demonstrate the value, it demonstrated the potential value of pre-bunking. Among a group of nearly 30,000 participants, that is a very large, uh, that's a very large sample, 30,000 participants. After viewing pre-bunking videos that highlighted well-known disinformation tactics like emotional appeals, false dichotomies, and ad hominem attacks, all of which are standard operating procedure for the left. These are standard operating procedure for the left. The researchers found that people were 5% better on average at identifying these tricks when shown a variety of social media posts. Okay, hang on. Hang on. This is what I'm seeing here. This is what I'm seeing. Because these are leftists that are conducting this test, and because you have an enormous cohort, 30,000 participants, and I'm going out on a limb and assuming that this was done fairly professionally, and once again, remember, I, I actually am a real honest-to-goodness scientist. I have a degree in science, and I am familiar with research and probability and statistics. 5% better is not statistically significant, especially with a cohort that big. So this is what I'm thinking and they have a link to the study. I may have to look this up. But this is what I'm thinking. What I'm thinking is they may have actually shown them examples of emotional appeals, false dichotomy, ad hominem attacks, and other logical fallacies. But then shown them social media posts that were factual they may have contained uh, they may have contained elements of emotional appeal, false dichotomy, or ad hominem attacks, but the information contained therein may have been truthful. So only that would explain why there was only a five percent increase on average of people being able to identify because what they were wanting the people to identify is information with which the left disagrees. 
And what the people were actually doing was trying, or what the people were actually trying to do was trying to identify deception. I'll bet you why that's, I'll bet you why that's, that's the reason that they only got 5% increase. I will, I'll put money down. I'm going to have to look up this study. This massive study. I'll see if I can find it and then read it. I would like to see uh, examples of these social media posts that were supposed to be deceptive. Or, I'm sorry, misinformation. The study was conducted by researchers from Cambridge and Bristol universities, as well as partners from Alphabet owned YouTube and Google internet threat research arm Jigsaw. That's ominous name. Google has also run similar tests of its own on U.S. audiences focusing on COVID-19 vaccine misinformation. Beginning a few months ago, the company began to employ the pre-bunking strategies on a wider scale, testing the method beyond closed research studies and in the real world. I've actually seen this on social media. I think I've seen this on YouTube. It must be YouTube. Because that's the only big tech that I really spend any time on anymore. Where what they do is is they uh, yes it is YouTube you have to uh, it's it's like click here if you want to learn about how to discover uh, or or how to spot misinformation and disinformation. So yeah, I've seen this before. At at this point, it I guess it's kind of voluntary kind of thing. They don't just throw it up there in your face, in your face, but. Uh, Okay, so that's what this is. But note, in the previous story with James Mangold and in this story right here, what this is about, in both cases, is deception. Not trying to teach people how to spot deception, but rather how it, these are both Google and James Mangold, their intent is to deceive people by reframing the perception of reality. Reframing the perception of reality. In other words, to put it in a term that has been used a lot recently, gaslighting. I personally don't like the use of the term gaslighting because it trivializes what's going on here. It has been used to the point almost where it doesn't mean anything anymore. Gaslighting, the definition of which is trying to reframe the victim's view of reality is a very dangerous thing. It is used most often by abusers. Abusers. Abusive husbands, abusive wives, and yes, those do exist. And abusive governments. And not just that, folks. They, there was a study, and this was many, many years ago, that I read about, where they found out that the tactics like gaslighting that were used by abusive spouses and partners, by abusive partners, were the exact same tactics that were used by people who ran war prisons. 
Okay, they were used against prisoners of war. Same tactics. And gaslighting was one of them. It is used by abusers to control the victim. And that is what it is largely about. They want control of you. They want control of you so that you will do what they say, so that you will think how they want you to think. That is the definition of totalitarianism. Authoritarianism is just do what I say. Totalitarianism is believe what I tell you to believe. Think what I want you to think. Feel what I want you to feel. Totalitarianism and collectivism go hand in hand. And collectivism is part of Satan's primary tools. And yes, I'm going to take this back around to the spiritual realm, as I typically do. You see... God gives us a choice as to whether or not to follow him, to worship him, to love him. You cannot have true love, real love, without choice. That's why we were given a choice in the first place. I'm going to say that again. You cannot have real love without a choice. Think about an abusive relationship. If one spouse is demanding that the other spouse, quote-unquote, love them, then that's not love. If you are not giving the person a choice, if that person must love you, then that's not really love. God created us, each individuals, with our own personalities, with our own likes and dislikes. And he gave us each individually a choice on whether or not to follow him. Satan is the exact opposite. Satan will always be 180 degrees the opposite of God. Satan demands worship. You must worship him. Satan demands compliance. Satan demands Belief. You must believe what he wants you to believe. That is why Satan believes in collectivism, primarily because Satan, unlike God, does not care about you. Satan hates you. God created you as an individual, he made you free so that you could choose. Satan doesn't want you free. He wants you dead. And to make that happen, he wants to herd you all together as the one big group. Because his job is to take out as many of us as he can. That is his mission. He wants to hurt God that way by taking out as many of us as he can. And he does that through this kind of deception, through this kind of abusive behavior. He herds us into various groups 
so that we can have various identities based on those groups, but not an individual identity, because an individual has choice. A group does not have choice. See how the left treats anybody who steps even slightly out of line. Look at what they did to J.K. Rowling. J.K. Rowling is about as liberal as you can get. But when she suggested that biologically there is a difference between males and females and that they are not interchangeable, they're still trying to crucify her. And she's one of them. That's what happens when you step out of line with the left. You are beaten into submission. Same thing happened in Mao's uh, cultural revolution. They publicly shamed people. They made them apologize publicly. They made them wear dunce caps for being individuals, for thinking for themselves. This is nothing new, folks. This is all about deception. This is all about shaping your views of reality. And the good news is, and this is very good news, people are waking up and they're seeing this. And one of the main reasons that people are waking up and seeing this, if not the main reason, is that so many of us are praying that that will happen. Praying that the veil that Satan puts over people's eyes will be lifted, that they will be able to discern right from wrong and discern good from evil, despite the lies that the left is telling. I've said this before. If you are a Christian and you are not praying, you're wrong. You need to check yourself. God will tell you what to pray for. I'm not going to tell you what to pray for. I can make suggestions and I can make requests. But you need to listen to that small, still voice in your head. When you're at work, when you're driving, when you're sleeping and are about to fall asleep and this thought pops into your head. Somebody that you know, some issue pops into your head. That's not random. If you're a Christian, that's the Holy Spirit speaking to you and telling you, hey, you need to pray about this. And if you're not, you're wrong. You need to fix yourself. You need to listen to that still, small voice. It's there for a reason. Anyway, at this point, I have rambled on for, well, maybe a little bit longer than I intended to, but hey, that's my prerogative. It's my show. Thanks for listening, folks. If you want to reach out and talk to me on social media, I am on Gab, Getter Minds, and Truth Social at Doc Bryant. I'm on Twitter at Doc Bryant Actual. And if you want to send an email, it's Doc Bryant Show at ZohoMail.com. That's Z O H O Mail.com. Thank you all for listening, and I will talk to you all later.